Sentire Media Podcast from Italy, Buona Pasqua, Happy Easter. Today is the 9th of April. Ashley. Ciao, ciao. I'm Jason. La Tavola Marta <laughs> here in the Candeliano Valley. It's a typical spring morning this morning, a little overcast, a little cool, four degrees. Uh, feels... We'll take it. It had been negative six. Yeah, we had a little cold snap uh, 10 days ago. We had a warm weather, warm air at night, so... Typical spring. We had hail yesterday. Mm-hmm. But uh, set up the- it's hailing. It's hailing. <laughs> set up the podcast. Yes. Well, for those faithful listeners and those just tuning in, like Jason said, we have our little farm in and cooking school, our agriturismo deep in the rural countryside of La Marque here in the Apennines. We try to do one of these every so, so often. often. <laughs> We're much better this year than in the last couple. And now that there's millions of podcasts to choose from, we decided to go ahead and ramp really it up a little bit. Really make a push. Bit. Yeah. Good, good timing. <laughs> Double down. Excellent timing. All right. Start us off. Where are we? On We've this been busy. So the last podcast, um, we were do- starting some of these outside projects, and now we are in full, like project mode yep so we jason got to do something this is a milestone moment something with the tractor got to plow i got to prepare my own uh field this year okay. all by myself so why this is such a big deal is every other year we have to wait for neighbors um to be able to come in at their time it's never normally when we need or want them to um no, no, or no, ideal no, ideal um, we don't have our own equipment. I never got. I, I have small equipment. Not a, a. Our our garden's pretty big. It's not a garden. It's just half a field. So I've always relied on our neighbors, who are great, and they will come and plow the field and um, get then get the soil ready for planting. But they always do it after they've done their own fields because they have their their tractor and their responsibility. And then when they have time, they come by and do ours. However, so every year, Jason would wait and watch, and he'd be ready prepared and waiting and watching the weather and going, oh, we got to get it so we can get these potatoes in or whatever it may be. And then we'd always have to wait. And like maybe the soil would be super muddy because it was after the rain instead of before. But um, like he said, we've always been so thankful for these people, but it was finally- It was never done at the optimal correct time. This year, it all got done. Oh my God. We we plowed in the autumn. We let it sit over the winter. We then uh, came back. And I did the, uh, it's called the erpice. Or uh, a haro. I don't know that word. I do not know it either. I've only learned that word in Italian. We had to look it up what it was in English. Well, so Jason's been using the big zetor, the big tractor, um, mainly just to haul some wood around. And No, that's not true. We cleared all the branches. Oh, we like cleared... some brush, but it's we've been... just used it for the Corello. It's been like a giant um, trailer. That's really exactly. It, it hasn't but really worked. You've been worked. learning how to maneuver with it, and the tractor trailer part is a lot longer than the implements needed, the attachments. So he went down the road and uh, was able to borrow one of the attachments from one of the neighbors, from Walter, and he Walter, showed me showed me how to hook yep, up a three point hitch and gave him a quick lesson. And Jason was off and down back down the road. <laughs> it took forever. It's so loud. But then you were able to do it. Well, um, I did it not well, but yes. Uh, one thing I didn't after the first twenty minutes, it became work. It wasn't so much fun anymore. <laughs> I know it's been like dreaming of this day, and like I'm going to plow and do all the fields surrounding Kakamone, and then it was like. Ah. I'm not a very good pilot, so the transmission is very um, mechanical. It's all mechanical, so you have to get it, the transmission set to the correct gearing and the correct. Um, there's a lot of levers and things to throw each time you get to the end of the row and jam your foot in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I, I'm not a very good pilot, so it takes me a minute. Yeah, I got better as as it went, but I do stupid things like get to the top of the row and then get the transmission all set up into where it needs to be and make sure everything's set and then start going. But forget I didn't put the implement into the ground and not realize till you're halfway down until i'm halfway down it's like, oh. <laughs> but you were all lined up straight i was all lined up straight and the, the tractor was set up the engine and the transmission was set up but the implements not in the ground so things like that um but nothing got broken no i, I so and the, the it looked good at the end the 
Exactly. And then you were able to borrow Basilio's tractor the other day. So, yeah, um, I don't have a tiller, um, and that's the last We pass. don't have any We don't have any We just have a gigantic tractor with that's a rusted, a rusted gigantic <laughs> tractor. So this, this I want to do it first before, so I know exactly what implements I need before I go and start spending money. So that'll probably be this winter to get couple tractor implements but um i borrowed a small much smaller tractor which was much better much more suited for the size of our uh our piece of land and did the other pass with the with the tiller and now we're ready to go we we uh planted it's about a half acre no an acre hold on hold on hector to acre um (sighs) or is it a i don't know acre i mean an hector it's, it's big. It is big. It's huge. <laughs> it's plenty of space. You wouldn't really call it a garden. You'd call but it so, the third of a... Uh, the, the, a car- so where's the land right now? What state is it in? It just need, um Right now, it's it's all... T- it's tilled. It's uh, harrowed. It's then passed the last time with the, uh, til- with the um, rototiller. And now it is ready for planting. The only thing we have ready to for do, rows. ready for rows. We have to stake out where the paths are going to be and and the water. the water and figure that kind of stuff out. And then I'll come back with the tractor again and put the rows in. But hot damn, it's good. And you got the the last turn done, whatever with Basilio's, and got the potatoes in. And yeah. then it rained that night. And it was like, night. look it was like, at wow. that. You are a real farmer now. Getting it all done <laughs> at the correct time, right before the weather. I know. So right now we have the onions started, we have tomatoes started, we have flowers started, we have peppers started, all in little baby stages, Mm -hmm. just coming out of their little peat pots. So this is the time of year that we do a lot of shuttling from the... (laughs) Green (laughs) eggs. In the the morning from the house, because we have them in like... like those vegetable crates you, mm-hmm. you see all Wrapped over. in plastic to keep them warm um, when they're first starting. And then, then we shuttle them from the house in the evening to the greenhouse during the day because it's still too cold at night to have the baby plants survive. Even if we cover them and do all that, it's just not worth one, one – cold night and it'll kill everything so and then we bring it back up at yeah, night and a, do it we need day. A, we need a heated greenhouse <laughs> it's a problem oh and do you want to talk about the peat moss we have no idea exactly what we're talking about but that or was it peat moss the peat that peat, those yeah. little pods that we use might be prohibited supposedly starting in 2024 i had no idea weird we might stockpile these because they are such a great start for our garden when we're dealing with so many seeds at once. They're incredibly handy. Convenient. They're yeah. called little jiffy discs, Pos- jiffy, jiffy pods, pods, something like something that. like that. Look it up if you're interested. <laughs> Get them now while you still can. Um, we also, speaking of big equipment, we did a little digger. And dug out a zone for Leroy, a little jail. Yes. We, <laughs> we need a place for our giant dog because right now we just have the house and his, his crate and we don't really have a dog run. And the weather is getting nice and I need somewhere to put this beast. Or like when guests arrive and different things like that. We need like a that. place to put the mm-hmm. beast. He we needs... just keep calling it jail. Yes, jail. So we're building a jail. We need it. We rented a little digger. It's and... a super nice expensive jail. <laughs> it, it will be a nice jail. But – um. I go down to a guy uh, who owns the local hardware store, and I know he's got a little mini – it's a mini digger, and I know he lets it out or rents We've it out. We've used it before. We've used it before for little projects. So I go in there and say, hey, I need to, I need to borrow this. Uh, is it available? Blah, 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 blah. He goes, yeah, yeah, yeah. When do you need it? Oh, so we work that out. And then finally I'm like, all right, so how much is it an hour? He goes, well, I, I have no idea. I go, well, what do you mean you have no idea? How do you – what? Is it 100 euros an hour? Is it 5 euros an hour? Is it depend on how many hours you use? How does this work? He goes, don't worry about it. <laughs> my, favorite, my favorite phrase when you're trying to figure out a budget or is this, is, you know, just figure out, uh, uh, just have a general idea. You don't have, you know? Just give me an idea. <laughs> me an idea. So we go back and forth and I'm like, I can't take it if I don't know how much it is. He goes, well, I, this isn't like a business I run. I, this is just a digger I have and I lend it out to people and blah, 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 blah. I'm like, oh, okay. So I guess at the end he'll look at it and go, I don't know, a hundred bucks or whatever it'll be. Who knows? So I, that I understand. <laughs> so I'm like, okay, now I get it. There's no price list. 
you just kind of lend it to friends and people you know. Uh-huh. All right, bring it by on Tuesday. So we do our little projects. We dig out Leroy's little run area. We clean the uh, along gutters. the road. The locals loved it. See, I, they just happened to be riding by on bicycles when I was manning it, and they were like, "Oh, Cabela! Like this is just how what a great thing to see the lady up there, Jason's shoveling, and the big freaking beast dog." And I loved it. It was hilarious. So we get done with our projects. We give him a call. Come pick it up. A few days later, he comes, and he loads it all up. Uh, and then at the end, I'm like, okay, so how does this work? And he goes, okay, let's see. This was the small one. It's 25 euros an hour. And it, I'm like, so you do know. There was like totally so a pr- – he pulls out like a price list. Yeah. <laughs> so it's like you do know how much it is an hour. So why didn't you just say it was 25 euros an hour? Why the so whole song weird. and dance? It's a lot like that all the- – so – but that's not the only time. Like no. this happens quite often with many things, whether we've talked about it with the wood of like you've asked multiple times and you don't get a bill. And then two and a half, three years later, the guy shows up with a, uh old um, envelope that he's written some chicken scratch on and some numbers. And is like, you owe me 1400 bucks. Can you give it to me in cash tonight? <laughs> like, uh, okay. <laughs> this but, happened the other day too with the, Oh yeah. With the uh, septic guy. So the septic guy comes, it was awesome. We got all our septics cleaned. I watched the whole thing. It, 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 these two people are living their life. So living, husband, their husband living, and a, wife. living a life, man, they got it. The dream. They got a septic truck. They work together. They get to explore the septic. Systems all day. <laughs> I'm sure most homeowners that they encounter are like, oh, gross. Thank you for showing up. Here's the spots to do it. Let me know when you're done. Jason decided, and it was pouring down rain, he'd set up a little tent for him and he got umbrellas and he was going to go hold a hole right with them. He had a huge smile on his face. He was into the implements. Like, how are they doing that? What kind of hose are they I learned, using? I learned. All about our septic system. <laughs> anyway, um, so I go, smiling, I go to pay him, it. and you know, how do you want to do it? Blah blah blah. Some with um, Bonifico here, we, you do a lot of things with a wire transfer. Um, so you know, when okay, I'll send the wire transfer, and the lady, uh, she, don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. What do you mean? Don't worry about it. Uh, send me the fatura, the the fiscal receipt, and I'll send the wire. She goes, "Don't worry about it." I go, "What does that mean?" <laughs> Again, I go, "I don't understand." I go, "I'm sorry. I'm I'm an American. I'm a foreigner. What do you mean by don't worry about it?" She goes, "Well, I don't want you to. You 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 don't have to pay it right now." And blah blah blah. I go, "Well, I don't like to be in people's debt. I just want to take care of this because our season's going to start here in a little bit, and I'll forget about it all summer." And finally, I got it out out of her that okay, fine, just don't pay it before the fifteenth of April. And I thought, okay, why didn't you – okay, I can do that. But it was just – I sat there for a minute thinking oh, – For I'm some sh- reason for their cash flow. For that, Because she t- said that to me twice, two different times, like reminded me, do not send this – do not pay this bill before the 15th of April. And I thought, okay, fine. We'll wait. But it, another one where it's – where It happens with the winery, with one of the wineries. And they'll come and deliver wine and – Sometimes I would write him a check right then. Sometimes, and now mainly it's a Bonifico, like Jason said, a wire transfer. And especially when I order it early in the spring, they'll just be like, well, we know you don't have guests yet. So why don't you just, how about, this could be like in May. And they're like, why don't you just start, why don't you just send us a payment? Like in July. We know you'll have guests then. Well, I know what they're trying to do. It's like a 30-day, 60-day kind uh-huh. of credit thing that businesses But I would get. rather just exactly I pay know. that day and just be done with be it. Let's move right it. on. Because I got, we're not a – we're small. We, our bookkeeping is not great. I don't, I don't want to roll it over. No, no. Let's just get it over with. But it's funny. Just little – <laughs> small town Little small town thing so yeah it ended up he knew exactly how much he the thing cost and i don't know why he couldn't tell me that when i asked how much is it an hour nope nope <laughs> that'd be the, that we had that'd be easy speaking of small town we um have been doing our archery and you skipped it hold on we're, we can't move off of agriculture we got the pigs oh i didn't know if we were coming back to that no we if, were we were talking, building, we're, if we were going to build up to that no we're, we, we keep on with the agriculture <laughs> all right wrap it up <laughs> we got pigs <laughs> we got pigs they're they're cool they're uh we got two uh what do you think six months old sure 
Five, say that five, they were they're six. about they were fifty kilos each, a little bit bigger than when we first talked to Carl and Gigi because <laughs> a little bit of time went by and they grew a little bit, so they were a little bigger than we thought. But they're not huge. They're they have a lot of personality. They love their spot, man. They they made themselves at home immediately. They're super chill because Carlo and Gigi. Um, were always around and would come, they would come right up to them. So, um, yeah, you kind of clang the food bucket and they run right up to you. Exactly. We're still kind of feeling each other out. They're a little skittish. I don't trust them. Are they, is the one bigger one slightly charging me when I come down with food or is he just super excited because I'm coming down with food? I'm not sure. I don't turn my back to him. I kind of walk, I don't like turn around and walk back to the gate unless I give him food. And, and you know they're they're set. they're set, but if I just go in there to do something, and then they're the big ones side eye on me. He'll kind of <laughs> walk behind me. I don't like but it. then if you hang out near the fence, they want to come over and sniff, and they'll put their snout right through. Um, but the one person in the house, or the one animal in the house that is the most obsessed with the pigs, is Leroy. Oh man, it's a little bit of an obsession. He's he goes like down psychopathic there. some days. It'll like be in the air, in the wind, or something, and he is obsessed. He will like watch the pig zone from up top he'll run down and have to like circle the fencing he doesn't get it that they go to their house and go to sleep <laughs> and he just freaks out if they're not there like where do these these they are magical pigs they just take somehow off somehow they disappear i don't see a hole i don't he's, know where they go he's not put well because we haven't let him in the pig zone yet. no and we used to put him in there to because we don't have a oh that's why we don't have yeah. to put him and he's not allowed to go in the garden anymore because the garden is now has getting started. It's kind of getting started, and he likes to, he's a digger. Mm-hmm. Um, but he'll freak out if if they're not there. He'll freak out if they are there. It's they they kind of screw with him a little bit. They're just as interested in him, but we don't know. Is he? Does he want to be best friends? Does he want to eat them? I. I'm not sure. Will they not be so into him as he is into them? I know. Or does he just want to roll around in the mud? I don't know. We'll see. We'll see. So <laughs> pigs are doing great. They're happy and not as much of a burden as I really thought. Like you give them food twice a day, make sure their water's clean. They kind of do their own thing. They love they're, their pig hut. Yeah, they're funny. <laughs> yeah, they make hilarious noises because they're pretty much pretty quiet but then all of a sudden it's so quiet out here and then all of a sudden you'll hear that like telltale pig like sound. they go every (laughs) afternoon they go to the bottom of the area which is huge by the way it's a section of the garden so it's just as deep and uh they tons of room for two pigs uh they go to their mud bath there's a like a muddy spot with where the water comes up to the level of the ground it's always muddy down there even in the summer and they mud bath it and roll around and they're yeah. loving it. They are they totally. are living their best lives. They are. Next up in there is either donkeys or a milk cow. A milk cow. We'll see. There's too much room. There's more than enough room for one more animal. To be continued. We'll see. One step at a time. <laughs> um. And God, what other projects? Speaking of outside, we, you built the new boxes for the strawberries. Yeah, we going got- up in the berry zone. <laughs> Our main problem now is storage. We have no storage, and we keep getting more stuff. Like more animal stuff and more wood chipper yeah. or like lawnmower or whatever. There is no storage here at this. This house is big and there's lots of big space. old stone farmhouses also have no closets. Well, most 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 have no <laughs> closets. They love armoires here, which is fine with for your clothes and your stuff, but not for like storage storage. So we're running into a problem because the price of materials is insane. Mm-hmm. Like wood is crazy. Um, uh, I missed out on containers. I should have bought containers. Well, like your strawberry boxes, when you built them before, how much did they so cost? Those big boards used to be like 18 euros, four meter long board by, um, let's see, four centimeters thick by 25 centimeters wide. I don't know what that is in American. Um, Google it. Google it. That used to be like 18 euros. Now it's 40. So That's more than doubled. And I know in, uh, for everyone, the price of materials went up. But here it hasn't come down like it has in other places. Um, I don't know. They have this um, this uh, grant thing for the hun- for the, uh, to restore houses. They, the, the state pays a lot of it. And uh, it's made the prices of materials stay artificially high, I think. Well, hopefully that is dropping because that – Funding is ending as well. Yeah, but it doesn't help me for figuring out how to get storage. Barn storage. I know. We missed out on the cargo container when we should have. Yeah, we should have gotten them when I looked into it. 
Mm-hmm. And now it's insanely expensive mm-hmm. for a car. A pole barn like my grandpa had. That's crazy expensive. So I don't know. We're trying to figure out storage. Storage. Maybe we'll rent a space in town at like a warehouse. Well, every town, even the tiny towns have this area called the Zona Industriale, the industrial zone. And you never know what's You never know what's in there. Sometimes the coolest stuff is in the industrial zones mm-hmm. of these little towns. And um, there's a ton of space. In the one in Piobico, it's there's a ton of space there. And we were wondering, like, we're not talking, we're talking about, like, Christmas stuff and mm-hmm. baseball cards and boxes. <laughs> and <laughs> Baseball cards. I know. You guys, this is the road to our, our road to riches one day. <laughs> baseball cards from the 80s. I know. Um, but that kind of stuff where you don't really need to touch it. I just need it to be in the corner of a warehouse where it stays dry. Mm-hmm. So maybe get in the uh, corner of someone's warehouse that they don't need or something like that. I'm sure we'll work it out. So that's your job. Yep. I'll move it all. You got to find out where to put it. You want to talk about the other project that we're doing? No, what? Elon Musk. Oh, fine. All right. We're looking for help for anyone who is into setting up home Wi-Fi network stuff. I have a very unique situation as I live in a stone farmhouse with really thick walls. Exterior walls are especially thick and interior walls are thick as well. Um, And we're not joking with a meter and sometimes over. Oh, for the outside exterior wall? Yeah, yeah. I'm looking in yeah, yeah. here. Look at um, the archway. <laughs> so Wi-Fi doesn't pass through very well. We've never really had the rooms wired for Wi-Fi because we just couldn't. I'm not a tech guy. I'm not into this stuff. I don't understand the language. It's not my thing. I'm not interested in it. Therefore, I never really did it. But now our the satellite that we have, which we changed, which uh, – we haven't had for that long. It's super slow. I don't know. It gets slow in the evenings all the time. So Starlink came. We got Starlink. It's blazing fast. It's awesome. So we're going to try to put it in the rooms. But um, I, pulling wires, pulling uh, Ethernet cable through the, a stone farmhouse is not possible. However, the whole house has been wired with coax for satellite and TV. I have – it's insane. I have multiple outlets for TV in all – all the apartments in every room, they're all over the place. And our idea was to do what's called MOCA, M-O-C-A, a multimedia over coax. Coax? Mm-hmm. Yeah. You get this little box that turns the coax, uh, turns the TV cable into um, into the signal, into uh, Ethernet cable for on each end. So you have one on each end. And I have questions on how... The splitters work, the bi-directional splitters work, and um, how this whole thing kind of goes together. We text, we WhatsApp to the guy in town who's like the local IT guy, <laughs> who multiple people said talk to him, and he was like, "I, I, don't, know I don't know if it were, You got to let me know how it goes." <laughs> I was like, "Oh no!" So now we have this really good, fast internet that can take handle huge loads, but we. And no way to get it really in the house. Well, we'll figure it out. Or around. Around. Getting it around. So that's our project. If you, if you're, if you know anything about this or um, can point me in the right direction to some kind of literature to read up on it. I mean, I've read, you know, what there is on YouTube and just the Google searches. But maybe you have something else. We'll stop talking about that because that's all we know about it. I know. <laughs> um, here's what I was going to talk about earlier. Can we talk about archery? Let's talk about archery. Oh, my gosh. It's been a blast. We had our eight lessons in the uh, <laughs> clubhouse under the school. In we the got basement. our certificates. Uh-huh. We got our certificates. And there's still two more classes we have that are the outdoor classes, um, which will be fun. And We have to, of course, wait till the weather gets better because... Oh, yes. It's, it's far- much too dangerous yes. for Italians. <laughs> this unpredictable weather and wind. <laughs> um, but we made a purchase and got ourselves some the same kind of arrows and bows, basically, that we were doing the recurve school style. Yeah, they're really economical. They're just to learn on. Just practice. Because we don't – to be in the competitions that uh, our – kind of group goes to they shoot a traditional longbow and it's different like we've never shot one before and it's we're not ready i'm not let me just take a summer and 
practice on the cheap school boat. You yeah, know. make sure we're still totally into it and all of that. And um, because also getting the longbow, great. We could start practicing with it. But it doesn't mean, oh, you've got your longbow. You can start joining the competitions or the festivals. No, 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 no. The entire, we've talked about like I, how the first, the first, um, podcast that we talked about the archery, I mentioned, what about the outfits? Okay. Well, that really was a big deal because you're not entering or showing up to any of these things unless you are in like period approved head to toe. So with the color, with (laughs) With the the style and the colors of your Group. They were joking about no cell phones because that wasn't around. No, um, like, no digital watches. No, Jason said something about oh well. In the do you have two different outfits? One for winter or fall? You know, because some of these guys do this all year round, and one for the summer because it gets so hot. And he goes, "What? Shorts weren't around. Like, yeah, he was you, like no one oh. wore short pants and and t shirts. You wear. You have to have your arms and legs covered. It's like." Oh, these things are like in July and August in these medieval towns that are just stone where you just bathe. Everyone's just sweating. (laughs) So we came home from that class and we started looking up the outfits and the shoes because it was like, oh my God, look at these shoes. Everyone's got these crazy leather shoes. Leather shoes, shoes, yeah. And so I first kind of start looking into it and it was like... One second. Keep talking. Oh my gosh. The uh, shoes are like 140 bucks or whatever. But I thought, well, let me go to the website and see what else they have. Or maybe they've got other ones that aren't as expensive. But like, this is already starting to add up just the longbow and the shoes alone. And (laughs) we go to the site and it says like something, whatever, medieval. But then underneath it, it says LARPing and fantasy. And I froze because I had no idea that these costumes and this whole genre was considered LARPing and fantasy. So live action role playing. I didn't even really know what the heck this is. It all sounds super nerdy and like Dungeons and Dragons kind of thing. (laughs) But then also, is that also like Civil War reenactments? Is that LARPing? I don't exactly know. But also just that it said fantasy, and I was like, oh, God. This now... We're trying to justify it that this is not LARPing nor fantasy. This is participating in traditional local events. That are over a thousand years old. Yes. Right? Yeah. So this isn't fantasy. This isn't like dressing up like Lord of the Rings. Like Comic-Con? This this place had really weird stuff. Oh. It was like... Uh, adult diapers and cribs like no it was oh are you sure i am 100 percent sure i don't know what other site you were on (laughs) i saw weird there was weird there was weird stuff (laughs) but so i think we will not start larping right now but we will just we will not be participating this summer in the in the things because we're not good and i'm not ready well also now i know why one of the instructors doesn't do it (laughs) like this guy he's the best out of all of us and he never goes to any of the things and i like thought huh okay and then maybe you just don't want to dress up and play and do it all so we'll see it's Mm -hmm. we've been to a few of them it's really fun to go to and and it's a blast i can't wait to get into it like the theater nerd in me is like all into it but where you buy the stuff we were a bit exactly um however we did get a really cool target that is much bigger and way more impractical than we had ever imagined So while we went, I went with all the economical beginner stuff for the arrows and bows, but for the the target, what we shoot at, I went for a big one. One, because the one, I went for the same size target we have at school because we don't hit it all the time. And I thought if we get a smaller one, we might hit it even less. So I, it's, it's 130 centimeter. It's huge. And it's made out of... The straw, like this woven, you know, like an old school um, woven straw target that mm-hmm. you would see. It's cool. It weighs a ton. It's a two-person job. Yeah, you There's can't take it on no and off by yourself. To be it, like, oh, I'll go set up the target and we can go do this. So right now we bring it inside and outside. Well, every yeah, because we the weather's it. not great. Um, it goes on this giant easel, uh-huh. uh, <laughs> and it's really fun. We get to shoot arrows in our front yard, and we've got some like paper targets to put on it. Um, but if- for some reason, if you just put, if we put just a piece of tape, like a piece of duct tape on the target, on the, on the, uh, uh, straw tar- on the straw backstop, 
it doesn't freak like you'd get close to it. It doesn't as soon as we put up one of those paper targets where it's like all of a sudden the arrows Jason can't hit arrows it are afraid. <laughs> I know too. Force field. Force field. <laughs> the arrows are afraid of of hitting the paper target, but the little piece of tape you put up there, like what we did at school. In school they had no target, like no nope. bullseye just paper like a target. Piece of electrical tape. Yeah. They just stuck a piece I think it was duct tape or yeah. something. Just shoot for that thing. It doesn't matter. Also the hilarious part is when we got the paper targets, we were like, oh, bummer. I mean, they're heavy duty, but these are probably going to be like a one-use only thing. <laughs> it was like, uh, not so much. I think we're going to get some good use out of these. <laughs> anyway, it's, it's fun. I like it. It's zen. You go. It's not about strength. It's all about form, technique, breathing, and concentration. It's, 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 I like it as a sport. And quiet. Like, I love the sound. The well, sound is cool. And when you do it right, when you, when, you let the bow, when you let the string go correctly and it makes the nice sound instead of, like, a plucking a guitar string badly, like, when mm-hmm. you let go of the string incorrectly. Um, yeah. We, before the pigs arrived, we were using the stacked up hay bales down there to use. And it was hilarious. As we were walking down, it was like the first couple times we were doing it, Jason was like, don't lose these arrows. You know, <laughs> we got... Don't sky. The, this this hay know, bale is huge. It's a double stacked hay bale. Are, you should are you hit sure? Them. Are you sure you can do it? I think you could do it. And then at the very end, he decided, you know what? Let's see how far like I can go. And he goes way back. And he starts angling all weird. And I was like, we learned this in class. They were teaching us about this. And I said... You're aiming way high. And he was like, shut up, woman. <laughs> I mean, he didn't say that, but basically. God damn it, woman, don't tell me my business. <laughs> totally. Boom. Oh, man. I skied Way up it. and over. Skied it. Just like, just way so then over. Decides, I go, wow. Hmm. Not, okay. not to go, all right, let's call it a night. Then he goes, let me do it again. Lost. Arrow gone. <laughs> Arrow gone into the evening. Second one. <laughs> gone he goes to search for it the next day can't find it i take leroy for a walk another day later go a little bit deeper across the stream one of them was um in the a fallen tree so it was like totally robbing it it was really cool and the other one was right nearby it into like the ground so i was consistent i consistently overshot it by consistently didn't listen to your 100 meters (laughs) across 100 meters long Crazy. So now I'm curious. Now I want, because we have a big field in front of our house. I want to stand at one end of the field. And he wants me to go be the target. <laughs> and I, well, not the target, I know, but I, I want you to stand on the, like, it's mm-hmm. a giant, think of a giant golf fairway. Mm-hmm. And uh, I want you to start, stand on the side of the fairway and I'll shoot the arrow and you watch and see how far we can really I know, that would shoot be an cool. arrow. So we're having fun. Next what? up is the animals, but we need about five of those for our crate. Oh, the fake animals, mm-hmm. not shooting animals. No, no, no. No. <laughs> oh, man. So on this on this um, day of Easter, the resurrection of Jesus, what else do oh, we wait, have going on? I was going to tell you the funny story. What? What's the From funny the story? the archery class of fundraising. Oh, <laughs> That's right. On our last archery class, this is great. So Italy, Italy is old school in many ways. Many, so I many ways. this discussion about something about like Saturday night and we'll text you and I was like, hey, what's going on Saturday night? I want, I want to go to the yeah, Saturday yeah, night yeah, fun. What's up? And, um, <laughs> sorry. And all of a sudden I start hearing him the conversation and I was like, Oh my God, Oh my God, please. I hope he didn't hear me try to invite myself. Um, he was saying, yes, come to the dinner and it's a mattress dinner. And it was like, Oh my God, I know exactly what this is. We went to this. We went to one of these when we first came, maybe the first or second year we were here. Cause I hear him saying, yeah, um, the mattress guy. And then, and I was thinking, wait, what does he work for the, the mattress company locally or something? And I was like, no, no. All of a sudden he starts going, cause if there's 20 of us, we get 20 euro ahead, whatever. And he starts doing math and going, we can raise five or 600 euros for the archery club. And I was like, oh my God, they're still doing this 15 years later. Jason. 15 years late. Oh, my God. So, so 15 years ago, still, we got invited to one of these. 15 years ago, we got invited to one of these. 
and it's a traveling mattress companies still have traveling salesman guy who put on mattress demonstrations in someone's house, like a Tupperware party, if you will, but for mattresses and you, they, but they pay you, but there's a, there's a deal involved kind of, you have to put on a dinner or at least a, like a buffet of prosciutto mm-hmm. and, sal- and all that kind of spread. And <laughs> you got to feed everyone, you feed everyone. And I think you have to have X amount of people. Uh huh. Okay. And you have to sit there and listen for like, what feels like freaking forever. I would say it's an hour. I think so too. I think it's an hour presentation. Uh-huh. So that no one is interested. No in. one is interested in. So we we went to one of these things and we were bright eyed and what green and we were we had no idea. I'm what like we were doing. probably taking notes. Like <laughs> so it's this guy trying to sell like five thousand euro mattresses to farmers. It just doesn't work out. This he is knows not it. the market. He knows it. Everyone there knows it. They're just there because they know the They're mattress there for the salami and the wine the salami and the wine and to help the raise money for whatever, whatever whatever thing i don't know why who were we were raising money for the one we went to something john carlo was doing oh, something she, for the farm I'm something sure. for farmers so, yeah yeah whatever but it's it's exactly <laughs> what you think it is some guy gets up there and gives the same presentation he's been giving for god knows Just how in long someone's living room in someone's living room and point and has some was there a slideshow or i don't there even something? think there was a slideshow then i think maybe it was just like uh, or like he had like a, a, a little cutout of the phone yes, or something. Yes. And everyone sits there and they clap and say thank you at the end. And then it is. No a, one asks questions. No one asks questions. And it is a mad dash to the, to the uh, buffet table. <laughs> That's what I remember. So, <laughs> thankfully, we didn't get invited to that. But that still goes on. 2023. Hey, there's one going on next month if you want to go <laughs> to it. If you're interested. If you're interested, Foss and Brony will let you know exactly how to get a hold of them. Oh, my God. So as you were starting to say, though, yes, today is Easter. Oh, it's raining. I love it. You know, you guys know that I love a crappy holiday. <laughs> the crappier the weather, the better. So Easter traditions in our area, I would say the biggest uh, for Easter Sunday for lunch is either capoletti, um, a lasagna, um, uh, agnolotti, um, usually a filled or a baked pasta we've gathered mm-hmm. for the most part um and a lot of lamb and a lot of and a lot of roast at the end um they will be for dessert uh, every time either a sweet bread with uh creche dolce the the sweet bread or the or the two different all sweet breads um the colomba uh which is a, a dove shaped sweet bread with almonds on top or our more locally one is called creche dolce um kind I mean, for lack of a better, Jason's going to be like, it is not that. It's not panettone. It's much poorer version. It doesn't have but the butter in it. But it's similar, similar shape and uh-huh. idea. Uh-huh. Um, and then also they make a salted version, which is which I like the much savory. better. savory. Uh, savory, sorry. Uh, you're right. Salato. <laughs> um, savory version, which is called uh, Cresce di Formaggio or Cresce di Pasqua or Pizza format or there's, here they in dialect they call it la brusca la brusca crushy brusca well there's a million different names for it it is bread so in a loose term in the sense that <laughs> there's yeast and flour but it is majority of different grated cheeses eggs um it's not you don't my problem is i try to make it like bread whereas you need it till it the has same a, techniques the same techniques as making like a french bread or a red you do not do this this is the kind of bread where you dump the flour and the grated cheese in the in a cutting board you make a well you add the eggs and you just mush everything together for five minutes okay it, and why that is is because jason was realizing because he makes multiple batches of these each year and he was thinking about it. First set, he used the big mixer for. I used a spiral mixer. Mm-hmm. It doesn't come. It doesn't work. It just doesn't mix everything together. And then properly. he was realizing, going, "What am I doing using this? These old ladies are, you know, seventy years old and up, <laughs> making this, and they're making four to fourteen to thirty-four forms of these. There's no way they're using some mixer, big huge mixer. They didn't have it. There's no way there's they, no way they're doing it, kneading it by hand like you would need to. Until you get like a window pane. No, this um, is like a smush it together. So 
if you do it the old school way, you just dump everything on the board and mix it together. It works perfectly, <laughs> but it's very quick. It's not, I'm used to, I want to retard my bread in the fact that I want the fermentation to go slower. This you don't. There's a ton of yeast in it. There's a ton of, um, la- there's lard and oil. And, and a ton of eggs. A ton of eggs and Rosanna, cheese. So that's always the question with pasta or with like this kind of bread. Rosanna won't say how many forms how many eggs? Did how you many do? eggs did you make? <laughs> because know. it's a re- when you break down this rec- most recipes like that. It's whether it's the pasta or some of the most of the, some dolces. It's one egg to X flour X mm-hmm. each. So you could do this for two. This as well. So, so he made a bunch of thank yous. I made two. Di- I made it twice this year. I made ten eggs and then I made five eggs. Mm-hmm. I made let's see the ten eggs got me. Eight forms, and the five eggs got me three forms. Mm-hmm. A little bit larger. And I you can plenty. use different sizes of the forms and all of that, too, but um, it is so good. A little peppery. Hint. Yeah, it has cracked pepper in it. You would eat it with salami and, and hard-boiled eggs. And- we do something that they don't do, which is so shocking to me. We put it thick slice in the toaster or in the pan in the pan and yeah. get a little toasty it doesn't need anything in the pan because there's so much fat in it that mm-hmm. in the toaster it gets this nice little crust on it mm. and for lack of a better term ter- lack of, to compare it to something that you might be able to wrap your head around it's the best uh you've been to sizzler and have the thick toast the, <laughs> the crappy thick texas toast they serve at sizzler it's the good version of that <laughs> It is, it's such a blasphemy to say it, but, but it's so true. <laughs> or it also reminded me when it's kind of toasty and that good cheese. It doesn't taste like cheddar by any means, but it, there's I, no cheddar cheese in I there. know, but for some reason I thought about Cheez Its. Maybe it's because I. Oh, mm-hmm. because of the color. Yeah, because the eggs like, give it that color. The crunchiness of like it, when it was toasted. Okay, like a giant, like a giant. Yeah, dough yeah, yeah. It. it was good. Anyway, um, Gaji will throw. Gaji prompt. I brought him a form to him and Rosanna when we had um, dinner there the other night, Friday, Good Friday. And he, pr- we, you know, you can't eat the whole. You have one. It's very rich, so you have one, maybe two slices of this, and that's it. The rest got wrapped in paper towel and then um, aluminum foil and went right in the freezer. And I know they will dig that out in November or December, and we will have to eat that freezer burned dry bread. And they will do it every year. They say, "Look, from Easter." Still good. Can't even tell. Can't even tell. Can't even tell. <laughs> and it's every time, oh my God, this tastes like sand in my mouth. It tastes like the dirty fr- freezer sand in my mouth. Well, Gachi came over when you had done the first round and it was hilarious. And uh, he tried some and he was like, oh, whose recipe is this? And I said, it was Rosanna's, his wife's. And he was like, Jason didn't mess it up. <laughs> He said he, it's perfect. He goes, finally, when he just follows a recipe, it does it the traditional way. And it was just hilarious. So I tried to give him half of a form of it. And he was like, oh, no, it's much too much. Rosanna's not up here yet. So I gave him a quarter of one. And then he said, well, give me the other part that's on the table, which was just shy of a quarter. So he still took home half. <laughs> but having it in the two pieces made it more um, tall, manageable for some reason. I love it. That's my, I love those kind of stories. Mm-hmm. Um, other things, of course, we're going to get up and go to lunch today, um, eat too much, come home. The Jay will be shot because with a giant um, lunch, uh, Easter Sunday lunch, you don't really do anything after that. Nope. That's it. That's it. Did you want to talk about the sausages? Oh, sure. Sausages all went in the garbage. We They were not done correctly this year. Um, we took them up to uh, the Hunter's Hideaway, Mar- uh, Marino. He is excellent, and he does – he has a great – he takes the – he does it the old school way, but – in a modern in a modern environment, with some modern, modern technology, t- technology added to it, um, and I took him up. Not meaning like um, additives to the meat. No, just meaning like he uses modern technology a, in the curing in process. the curing process, and the fact that he has a, a um, walk-in cell that you can. Control. He has a series of walk-in fridges. Let's call yeah, them that not, are. Yeah. Let's just call it that for yeah. easy. That are at different temperatures and humidities to recreate the temperature and season and what is the ideal climate for them to cure which would be in the winter basically recreating how you would do it in an old house 
Okay. But not with any additives or anything like that. Um, So I brought up a bunch of the salamis and we start cutting into them and there's some are okay, but some are starting to ferment and some are rancid and it's like, what's going on? I don't understand. We, I had luck with this. And then in the last few years, I didn't have luck. Um, it's just been hit or miss. Yeah. Like the last few years, more and more have been going, going off. Mm-hmm. Um, and this year, most of that, like as soon as we made them, it was like, this ain't right. Um, I've never had that before. We've had one or two, you know, you go, you, you zip them all up into vacuum seal packs and you stick them in the cellar and then one or two of the vacuum seals will open and it's just kind of part of the game, but mm-hmm. I've never, um, had it where the whole batch was bad and this was 50 kilos of meat. So I took them up there and, and we were talking about it and, um, come to find out something that I never realized, but it makes absolutely perfect sense is, um, we don't have correct hygiene and not for where we're making the sausages and salamis and not that what we're, we're making a, the area that we're making them is dirty or it's that modern, modern products that you clean houses with kill the bad bacteria that make you sick at a better rate. But they also kill the other th- bacteria that would kind of live in these old houses that would aid in the aging of the sausages and salami. So we're kind of our approach to cleanliness in the modern age to kill it all. <laughs> so things like there's wood mites that would help to actually eat bat, like some of the mold that would grow on some of the meats and the, symbiote with a symbiotic relationship. relationship. Like we're talking microscopic mites and that being in the wood, well now you clean or you dust and you vacuum and you steam clean and these things and or now just, they just don't the, exist anymore. Just the product, just the modern products that we use every day, mm-hmm. not like we're up there spraying bleach, but it, you no. don't have to. So it kind of, it kind of made sense. And if you want to do it at your house now, you have to have a room that's really dedicated and you really don't use those kind of things. So that's the like only season season. So like a bakery or like a um, place where they make ch- cheese, the yeast and the, microbes are in the air on the floor on the ceiling and the machines on everything and you season it like you season a pan and we do the opposite i went into that room we made it and cleaned it because we did it in one of the apartments uh, apartments upstairs i went in there and cleaned it before we made the sausages and salamis which to my mind is (laughs) preparing it to do things with food in here in the but in reality yes we kill the bad bacteria but we also kill all the good ones so um I think that the reason why we had more success, especially the first few years, is we were going to Vittorio. I learned to do all this by a man named Vittorio who lives on the coast a little bit south of us. And he transformed his garage into this. And he does it from as a hobby, really, for mm-hmm. people. People will bring him meat or he will do it for friends and family. And he really spends from November through all the way into maybe March doing salami and sausages and Lonzo. So he's taken his garage, doesn't park cars in there, but inoculated this garage with the flora and fauna you need to start the aging process correctly. And us doing it once a year. And us trying to do this (laughs) once a year in a room doesn't have the same, the same microbes and flora and fauna rolling around. So that's why we, at first we did it at Vittorio's and then we would bring, we did them all together at his place and then we'd bring it and hang it here for years, for years. No problem at all. No problem whatsoever. I believe. And now I believe I have no training. I have, this is talking to one guy. (laughs) I've formed an opinion already. Um, it makes, it just makes Mm -hmm. practical sense. And he said that combined with the weather and some of that too. But, um, yeah, it was just interesting. It was so lucky to have someone like him to talk to because he was joking also like, well, about the salt content. That was another yeah, he, part you know, of the he asked me the, He asked me the normal questions. What's your salt percentage? Blah, blah, you know, things that but he, he was made cracking is, up because yours was high. Mine was high. I go, I know. I've brought it down from where I started. Um, and he asked, who do who who'd you, you learn? learn from? I go, he's in his 80s now. He goes, yeah, that's in the old school. They <laughs> would put more salt in it because they thought the more salt would kill more bacteria and prevent it from going rancid. Um, he uses even less salt than what I use. And he said the, the added additional 
uh, salt doesn't really do anything except make it salty. Once you get to a certain percentage, that's all you need, and anything more just just makes it salty. Well, I'll tell you one guy who didn't take the advice of Marino. So I said, "What?" Do I, so <laughs> I threw everything away, fifty kilos in the garbage when we got home. All like, what do you do with it? There's nothing. It's rotten meat. Just let's what do get you rid do? Of it. I called Gaji. Gaji, listen, sorry. I screwed up this year. We just screwed it up. Um, you, you just throw everything away. It's it's a total loss. What are you talking about? I had one of those last night. They're perfectly good to eat. I go, uh, one, yes, I op- we opened 10 of them, and two were good, and eight were, had signs of in various degrees of, of going bad. Uh, you're crazy. I'm going to eat them all. <laughs> like, all right. Very good. He asked us the other day what we did with them and wanted to make sure we hadn't thrown them away because otherwise he was going to take them. And it was like, no, no, no you can't we, take them. We you can't threw give, them away. We threw them away. You can't give them to anyone. No, oh, bad. Oh, my God. Garbage. So <laughs> I'm cardiologist handing out rancid salami. <laughs> so I think I'm out of the sala- dried salami and sausage game. We'll still make fresh. Fresh, totally different story. Fresh is easy. I mean, you can do whatever you want with fresh sausages. But until we have or fresh a, sausages. Until we have a better curing system and space to make it and all of it. Or go to someone else's place, make them there, and then bring them home mm-hmm. and do like what we used to do. Bummer. Bummer. Waste of money. But that is how it goes. Farm life. Farm life, baby. <laughs> Hashtag. Well, I think that's it. It's time to get moving. And we just wanted to say Buona Pasqua. Happy Easter. Thanks for listening. You know where to find us on latavolamarque.com for a visit this summer or fall. Pretty much filling up, but there's still a few spots out there. And always on Instagram, Facebook, and whatnot. Very good. Thank you so much for listening. And we'll see you whenever we decide to do it again. Have a good one. Ciao, ciao. Sentire Media. Hey, podcast producers and show hosts. Do you want to join a podcast network that celebrates all things Italian? At Sentire Media, we understand the allure of Italy and its unique culture. Our devoted team of hosts and producers are all driven by their shared passion for Italy. And we work tirelessly to create the best lifestyle podcasts and content that will whisk you away to the very heart of Italy. With us, you can savor the mouth-watering flavors, get lost in the stories from the past, break down the cultural barriers, and truly immerse yourself in the vibrant traditions of this intoxicating country. If you have a great podcast idea or are already in production and would like to join Sentire Media, head over to sentiremedia.com, that's S-E-N-T-I-R-E media.com, and find out how to submit your show.